How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to The Way of the Wolf. Our guest today is a gentleman named David Tyner. I have known him for probably more than a decade. We've actually never really gotten that close, but our paths cross all the time. We have so many mutual friends, and I keep hearing, you got to get David on the show. you got to get David on the show. So, David, welcome to The Way of the Wolf. Thank you, man. Good to be here. All right. You and I know each other through the gym and just kind of all the circles. Can you share a little bit about yourself so that the listeners can get a better sense of who David is? Well, that's, that's broad because um, some people know me from just many different different things. But I mean, generally over the last 14 years, uh, I've kind of put my focus and um, – energy primarily towards the fitness industry so uh different areas um a lot of class coaching so group fitness coaching um a lot of personal training one-on-one um whether that be more crossfit based uh martial art based or just you know general general fitness um but that's what i would say has consumed the most of uh, my time professionally um, is just focusing on that. Okay. Now, you have worked with a number of gyms over the years. I see, obviously, Skyline. I know you were there for a little while. There was, was it uh, was it Point Break? So, yeah, just to, I can give you just like a cliff note version of, of that quick history. But originally, uh, I started training at Point Break, mm-hmm. um, CrossFit Point Break, at that point was started by Justin Stidham and Carl Edwards, two guys that um, one of them lived in my apartment complex. So to give you a just a quick view of how I even connected with those guys, uh, I was jogging in my apartment complex, doing no more than working out at Gold's Gym and just doing stuff on my own. I saw Carl and Justin working out in a garage uh, different movements than I had ever seen in a traditional gym. Because you're talking 2008, to late 2008, early 2009, CrossFit, at least to me uh, at the time, other than there was a movie called Every Second Counts, but watching it on that level, I mean, there was no local uh, that I knew of. So started training with them, um, just – Fell in love with it, man, which is a whole different kind of story of how I did. And then uh, started shadowing them. Back then, it was kind of mandatory that if you wanted to later become a coach or a trainer, uh, you needed to learn. You know, it wasn't a quick deal. So I, I shadowed Justin and Carl for probably a little over a year or around a year, just, you know, not not getting paid, but just watching them, seeing how they train, seeing how they lead, seeing how they structure, uh, because I knew that's what I wanted to do. Now, did you end up getting your L1 certification? So I got my level one in 2009, um, actually 2010, I apologize. So I started working out training with Justin and Carl at Point Break 2009, got my level one in 2010. Um, A few other, uh, what they called like specialty certs, they were just more specific certs. You could do like Olympic weightlifting, you could do endurance, you could do different stuff that CrossFit offered. and then ultimately um, became a partial owner, so a, a, a small owner 
of CrossFit Point Break. Uh, the guy, Carl Edwards, had taken a position uh, at CrossFit Central in Austin. Um, you know, it was just uh, whether Justin wasn't in the position or whatever the issue was, um, there was a need for someone to purchase Carl's percentage of the business to allow him to go uh, immediately and then for someone else to, to help Justin with the business. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that, uh, become a small partner with Justin, really build the foundation. There was a group of, of kids, guys, girls, 10 to 15 people that later became Skyline. So they were just members of CrossFit Point Break. Um, Dylan and Ryan Kusich, who are twin brothers, uh, really fell in love with CrossFit for their reasons, but mainly reasons we all fall in love with it uh, at the time. It was just extremely uh, supportive, um, no matter what walk of life you were in. So for me, that's what was so attractive in the beginning um, was you didn't have to have a lot of money. You could work at Jack in the Box. You could be a nurse practitioner. You could be a business owner. But during that one-hour class, it it didn't matter. So, you know, it gave people an opportunity to sort of connect with other people that typically probably wouldn't cross paths with them in their walks of life. That is such an incredible aspect of CrossFit. And I think one thing that it has done so well is bringing community together and creating an environment for people to cross paths to network with others that they wouldn't otherwise meet. Because you're right, you would have a doctor training next to a janitor training next to a mechanic type of a thing. And they were able to start building relationships. And man, that is one thing that I, I do think that there's pros and cons to CrossFit, but there's a lot of pros around the community aspect of it and the encouragement that comes along with those CrossFit classes and teams. And that's part of what draws people in. And, and you know that I, I agree and we could turn this podcast uh, into a really long one um, if we discussed all the pros and cons. But um, I think like anything else before dissecting it, it was it was what kept me there. So it was the pros. I knew that there were cons. I, I knew that there would be some things that can't be controlled. But uh, for me, you know, just my journey, that's why I fell in love with it because um, – one, it allows you to express yourself in fitness, whether you're, you know, people say they do it for a stress relief or just to get stronger or to lose weight. There's there's so many uh, individual um, goals and success stories, right? It's not just serving one type of goal. So that's what kept me there. Uh, again, I, I knew I wanted to um, just start being a small piece of assisting people changing their lives, you know, for, for the positive. Uh, Cause it, it turned my life around, you know, like completely uh, redirected my path. So uh, yeah, just started with point break. Um, Cause a lot of people don't really know the history, you know, and I do get it a lot is, Oh, you, you've been around a while or what gym did you have? Or this, there's, there's a lot of questions um, because I did, you know, go from point break um, when Skyline made an offer, um, well, I wouldn't say an offer, but sort of. They wanted to start their own gym in Houston. Uh, they talked about it with Justin because it's still early 
you know, 2010, 2011, CrossFit's kind of climbing, but it's still still pretty early. Um, that offer turned into uh, Justin just wanting to kind of, you know, stay stay at Point Break, do his deal. S- Dylan and Ryan, which are the brothers, they they went ahead and started Skyline. So uh, it was just life, man. I, I feel like I made a, um, a good impact at Point Break. Um, you know, don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, Justin was great, man. You know, took me in when when I knew little to none and um, allowed me to kind of be a part of that system and grow. Um, yeah. You know what's so funny is I think about the interactions that you and I have had over the years. And like you, I'll drop into various gyms from time to time. And it, it almost cracks me up. Like I dropped into Skyline one time and you happened to be there. Yeah. Dropped into CrossFit North Houston. You happened to be there. Yeah. I see you at LSRF. <laughs> I see you at Legacy. I see you like yeah. all over no, the no place. Doubt. No doubt. So talk to me a little bit about what fitness means to you and what has it done for you in your life above and beyond kind of what we just touched on CrossFit and the business right. aspect of it. Well, man, I think, you know, uh, its origin was I grew up similar to so many that we know, um, late 80s, early 90s, organized sports. Um, you go from T-ball to coaches pitch to Little League to, you know, that route. Or if you, you played basketball, which I did, um, wasn't big on football as a smaller guy, but um, you know, you go from organized sports, you get to a point where if you don't reach that level um, at a collegiate level and play college sports, uh, there's really nothing left other than going to the gym. So started working out, uh, found Justin and Carl in my apartments, um, you know, really enjoyed what that brought. And as you mentioned, um, the, some of the politics, you know, can be framed that you know, if you're at a certain gym, that's where you need to go. And the gym across the street sells poison and we need to stay here. But for me, um, it was about what I believed in, which was relationships and being a student. And I knew that even if I was a partial owner at Point Break or CrossFit North Houston, I could go to Skyline and learn. I could come to Scott Wells, lift strong, run fast and learn. I can go to CrossFit overtake and learn some things from Marco maybe one day and and, and just take advantage of situations where you can go uh, learn and continue to be a student. So I, I kind of always stayed out of the politics. And I mean, I, I, I stayed in the politics because I enjoyed to stir the pot sometimes too. But um, me and Scott really hit it off like that because um, we just stir the pot, have tendencies to stir the pot <laughs> back then. But um you know, I just honestly enjoyed learning, man. I, I truly did, and there's nothing, uh, there's no hidden message or anything funny about it. I enjoyed learning from different people, and then um, applying that with my clients because you know I always tell people, literally, still that, and it's just my opinion. It's how I came up in coaching. There's a lot of online. There's different styles now, but I really came up with that raw, in your face, one on one time. Um, you, you, I became the the pastor, the counselor, the psychiatrist, the psychologist, the nutritionist, the life coach, the strength coach. You kind of take on these roles uh, in that era when I came up um, to where it wasn't a, a an email and a phone call a week, which I think is great because it's it's allowed people to uh, become more efficient with their time. 
still get results. And again, this isn't to shadow what's more a successful route of coaching. There's different levels. But for me, um, that's just what it helped me do was learn from different people. Therefore, I take that back. And I'm dealing with so many personalities anyway on my own. Uh, I can have different jars to pick from and to help people, um, you know, just get better, man. What you just described resonated with me as, and I'm thinking through my journey and my career, and I'm very passionate about leadership development and building and coaching leaders. And over the years, especially early on in my career, as I would look up to these leaders that I would hold them on a pedestal and think, oh my God, like I, I want to be that person. I would do everything I could to, to emulate that person. And it took me a few years of, of trying and failing and realizing that I am not Stacy Rocca. I don't, I didn't retire from the army. I don't have his background and experience and trying to emulate his style of leadership didn't feel right to me. And it didn't really work for people on my team. But what I did start doing is identifying those people that are very good at their craft, that are very good leaders, that are very uh, great at the technology and would pick and choose certain aspects of their leadership style that worked well for me. And it helped me build and develop my own leadership style and kind of come into my own. And it sounds like you've followed a similar path in terms of working with these incredible coaches and these gym owners over the years and picking out, hey, I really like Marco's style of teaching Olympic lifting. I like Scott's programming methodology. And then you're able to learn and absorb all of that information and then impart it on to the people that you're coaching and working with so that they can get the most out of it. Because you know as well as I do, when you're coaching somebody, you're going to coach Sally much different than you are John, much different than you are Jason. And as leaders, we have to be able to adapt to those people to help them become as successful as possible. No, you're right. And and I think that's what it was, um, not only from the beginning even just as a paid member, right? Go go back to CrossFit Point Break when I was just trying to learn from Carl and Justin and soak up all of um, their strong points and and to just feed me and fuel me. Am I going to deliver it the same way as someone else? Absolutely not. Am I going to um, be the exact same? Absolutely not. I can't be because, you know, it's it's cliche, but no one can be a better you than you. And it's it's easy to say that, but it took me years of learning, um, trying, failing, um, applying, and then accountability, just holding myself accountable, um, living uh, by the same methods I was trying to share. Because if I'm not applying that to myself, I think it's only uh, it's very short lived. It can become short lived to help others. So, yeah, I would just, you know, soak up as much information as I can and and kind of develop my own style. Um, I feel like God's kind of put me in some great big rooms. Uh, sometimes I feel like I didn't deserve to be there, whether that was. Uh, hosting competitions with hundreds of people and being able to uh, be a part of that. Or, um, you know, when I left North Houston on books, um, which you you came by our gym, so it's it's nothing that uh, is new 
or shocking to anybody. Um, I was blessed to work for a company that, you know, had the um, initial financial income, the capital to do do some things, and for the gym. And I mean, we had over 400 members on on paper when I left the gym. Now we I started when I took that position with around 30. Now it took a team. It took, you know, when I came, I uh, slept at the gym two, three nights a week, coached 10, 11 classes a day and repeat. And I did that for a long time. Um, slept on a friend's floor for a few months just to get going because when I took the job, when I left Skyline and took the job at North Houston, um, you know, that's that's just, I was full time. So it went from doing that to continue to spread the shadowing. So I had a guy, um, Nick Gonzalez, who shadowed me for a while. And then again, just to fast forward, when I left, there was like nine coaches on board that had all came up, learned under me, um, you know, who became coaches and trainers and got level one and level two and um, 400 members on the book. So it took a whole team to build that. Um, but again, it was just, I've been, I've been placed in positions, I think, um, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, you know, how long did that ramp take to occur? Going from 30 to 400 is a substantial or an impressive feat. And I'm curious, just a ballpark. Did that take six months, five years? Well, I mean, I took the job and um, I was kind of helping um, this girl. I won't mention her, but it, that was kind of her gym first. And I was just helping her coach. Uh, every now and then, you know, filling in how things do. Yeah, I'll come coach a class because that's kind of what I was known for, too. I would just float around, coach at Scott's, coach at Point Break, Skyline, because I just I love to do it. Um, but I would say, I mean, I took the, the job full time in 2011 at the end, early 2012. I left in almost 16, so like four years. OK, but again, it's it's not. um I'm not sitting here beating the chest, me, me, me. We we, we had a wonderful staff over there, um, um, guys that would sell, uh, guys that would coach and instruct, and I mean, it was just a whole, um, a whole movement, man. But um, before we started recording, we were talking about entrepreneurship and how social media has painted this picture of oh, start a business, become a millionaire type of a thing, and it's almost become a disservice to people because it, it pushes them out of their full-time job that they're frustrated in thinking that they're just going to flip this switch and become a millionaire because they own a business. And I love hearing your story of the 11 to 12 hour days that you're putting in sleeping on the floor, everything it takes to actually build a successful business. There is no easy button. It takes time and consistency to build something great. And it's unfortunate that the way society has kind of created this allure around entrepreneurship that more people don't realize how challenging that is. Yeah, and um, to be honest, I didn't, you know, but I really didn't. Um, I really didn't care what it brought to me because of the fulfillment that I got. So, um, I mean, and I'm just being transparent here. I'm being honest. People who know me from the root of the journey know what I'm talking about. But 
I didn't sleep on the floor just because like I wanted to, like I had to, you know, I didn't have money to even get my own apartment yet. I didn't have, um, you know, we're just coaching per class, um, trying to build something great. So I did it because I had to, but, um, to me, the fulfillment that I got from helping those 30 people, which turned into 40 to 80 to 150 to more, it didn't matter about anything else because, man, I knew something big was coming. Like, I knew something great was out there just by doing that. So I knew if I stuck um, with my path that I, I my forecast on my trajectory, I knew it was going to be big. But that's just the stomach that not everybody has. And we did talk about that. And I don't think – I know how to play my position. If, if I'm the sixth man coming off the bench but we're successful – I'm comfortable with being the sixth man. People who know me know that. If I've got to sweep the floor so that, that you can take off in the helicopter and make sure we get the business deal done and all that, I'm playing my position. I can do that. But um, some people can't. And and I think that um, there is a, a, a misleading small um, portion of all these videos that we see that kind of inspire you to – you know, chase your dreams and no money down and no credit needed and you can be a millionaire in two weeks. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotions, man, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of grinding, um, but there's a lot of success too, you know, and it's, it's not all um, financial. There's just so, so many levels of success, you know. What do you think it is that holds people back from playing their position? Well, before you can play your position, I think you have to know your position. And uh, I'm talking about with the person in the mirror. So I'm deep within, right? Like that's something that um, probably I didn't recognize till I was 30 or late 20s or 30s. And I say that meaning as a whole, meaning, you know, um, spirit, spiritually leveled out. Um, internally, mentally, physically, you just kind of reach a point where, um, for me anyway, um, I knew who I was as a person. Not because of the outfit I had on, not because of the truck I pulled up in, I, I'm not because of the house that I had. I'm being, you know, dead serious. You know, if, if I pull up in a beat up station wagon, I'm the same person as the new F-250 King Ranch. I'm the same person. The, per, the, the perception of me or perspective of me may be different depending on who's looking, but I'm still the same person. So I'm, you know, and I can't be more serious about that. When you truly figure that out about yourself and who you are, um, then then it starts that's the beginning that was for me you know and and we're talking when i was 30 so you know i want to shift gears a little bit one of the things that i know that you do is working with kids mm -hmm. and coaching them is an aspect of that helping them find themselves and what does that look like well I think that, well, for me anyway, um, with kids that I work with, because um, I've, I've been a part, um, thankful to have been a part of different 
uh, programs with kids, like whether that be a mentorship program with the schools, um, you know, having having a mentee that you may go sit down with once a month and talk to, uh, to training kids how I do now. So now what it'll look like is um, a kid will come with me, whether they, um, you know, just want to get better and maybe they play junior high sports or high school sports or they may come with me because their parents are worried about their mental health or um, maybe they're gaining some weight or there's different reasons. But I think for me, um, what I try to focus on with my kids is, yes, we work out. That is a part of it. That is a way for me to allow you to express yourself, get healthier, but also sometimes open those doors up and talk and and give me some insight that you may not tell your mother or father because, see, I'm not a parent. I don't have my own kids, and when these kids come to me, I'm not mama, I'm not daddy, you're not in trouble with me. Quite frankly, I don't really care the decisions, but it's like I, I do care, but the decisions you've already made. Let me just put it like that. So the decisions you've already made that may have gotten you into some trouble or done this, that don't matter to me. It's like moving forward. How can I redirect you? How can I pour into you to allow you to finally get that trust and know that, hey, like, man, you know, Mr. David's like, he's not mad at me because I got a 70 or he's not this. And so I try to build them up and kind of preparation of just growing up man going from a teenager with um dude it's a different world than you and i grew up in from the bullying the um the internet stuff how easy it is to get caught up um i try to uh, stay in the balance of again not being a parent i'm not too young but i'm not too old or at least i tell myself that so i, I can still relate to the struggles but um I try to just pour into the kid that um, that I that I was, you know that 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 um, and and I look at it, uh, boys and girls, but I try to pour into them uh, as if I was pouring into myself at that age, because I struggled. You know what I'm saying? It was the. Um, basketball coaches, the baseball coaches, the team moms uh, that, that made a difference in my life. And, and I was raised solid. My mother was great. Um, a lot of structure, uh, church on Sundays, you know what I'm saying? Boy Scouts practice. Uh, but being a single mother with three kids working four jobs, uh, she was gone a lot. So it allowed me to still make decisions that probably weren't the best for me at the time. But again, it goes back to my, my baseball coaches who held me accountable. If Tyner wasn't in practice, they're coming to see why you missed. It was the team moms. It was, you know, the extras, the, the, the village, as they say, that takes to raise the children. So, dude, it's like I'm just a villager. Even, even in the gym doing what I do now, it's like, bro, I'm just trying to play my part. You know, if I, if I can help a kid from uh, maybe, you know, the extreme, like not committing suicide or, or not cutting themselves or just not not feeling like a piece of shit. You know, that's really what I'm doing is I'm trying to pour into them like like you're worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's big opportunities out here. Yeah, your mother and dad may be divorced or, you know, 
again, these are worst case, you know, uncle may be touching you or, you know, you may just be battling with your small stuff, the way you look, you think you're ugly or you're making bad grades, but you, you pour all these in a pot, dude, and these kids are struggling, you know, it's real struggle out here. So, um, that's all it is, man. I, I get, I get driven when I see the, the, the small growth, you know, even if my kid comes in and takes me three months for them to even talk because they just no confidence dude i'm talking about low you get what i'm saying um and they still could have a great mother great father you can come from all different backgrounds and still not feel great about yourself it don't have shit to do with you get what i mean so um i think that's just what drives me man and 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 i'm hoping that as Looking back at the kids that I've trained up to this point, the kids I have now and the kids that I hope, um, you know, just kind of keep coming into my life. um, I just want to help them get better. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. And some of them will. uh, I don't want to say change really quick, but like some of them will open up quicker than others. Some of them, it takes work, man. It takes years because there's so many layers. You know, you got to peel back. Kids are different than adults. You know, you've been coached. I've been coached. I've been told, quit being a bitch, hit the 10 reps uh, by Scott and, 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 and get out of here. And it's like, honestly, that worked for me a lot. But there's some people that it doesn't. And it goes back to coaching. What happened with me learning from Jeremy Till a little bit, Scott Wells, a little bit Carl Edwards, uh, Chad Robijou, like – I'm learning all these because it goes back to different people need different styles, different deliveries. So, um, yeah, the kids I've just kind of taken a liking to, you know, because I, 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 the the big part of my early journey was adults, mm-hmm. CrossFit classes, martial art classes. It's mainly adults, you know, but I've learned that um, uh, I love working with the kids, man. Um, the results I see, it's it's still the same amount of fulfillment with adults, you know. Don't my my first client who I think the first success we had, she got off her blood pressure medicine. You know what I mean? Like this is years ago, way back. Her name's Pat Brooks. I'll never forget it. But like, bro, she was in her sixties. That was my first client. So it's like the blood pressure medicine is still just as important as um, the kid over here who felt like a piece of shit because mom and dad split up, and then now they're thriving in college. It's just, it's the same stuff, but um, just different approach. Yeah, you know. Now, what prompted you to get into coaching and helping kids and and moms? And I'm very curious to see if you can elaborate a little bit as far as did you like go to a high school and say, Hey, I'd like to help out. Or like, how did you get into being able to help these kids through these challenging times? Um, well, I've always kind of PT'd personal trained mm-hmm. in my fitness journey, even with point break and skyline and, and North Houston, no matter where I've been at, even Conroe fitness. Now I, I've always kind of personal trained. And a lot of times it started with, um, I'm coaching someone in class and hey, you know what? I've got a son who's 12. Um, he doesn't really want to do CrossFit classes, but I want him to get involved in something. Can you train him once a week? Yeah, sure. Um, 
Now, what led them to ask me that? Maybe they were just members of of the gym and they knew me and we have developed a relationship. So they know like, oh, David's good. I mean, he's he'll be able to take care of it or um, whatever that was. However, that was placed on their heart. They, they came to me um, when I lost my job at CrossFit Nord Houston, because, again, a lot of people just don't know the history. Um, yeah, I got fired like straight up. You know, what I mean, there, there's no hiding it about it. Um, I, I said some things to the owner. It was what it was, right? It's no big deal. Like water under the bridge. We're great now today, actually. Still talk. It's good stuff. But I got I got um, let go of that. But it forced me to. Well, what am I going to do? I was blessed with an opportunity to work with the Woodlands Christian Academy um, in the Woodlands. Here, it's a private school, um, K through twelve. Um, and I became a varsity wide receiver coach and a strength and conditioning coach. And I had a class over there. It was called Flex. So it was like a like a PE, but it was flexible. If you didn't want to dress out, you could do homework. But uh, my kids will tell you um, there was no flexibility. So I, I kind of it turned out being half the kids, you know, working out, half doing studying. And then by the end of it, it's like, ah, oh, we're all going to work out with Mr. David. So I, I was lucky to be there for um, three semesters, so almost two years. But then by doing that, working with the kids primarily where it became more of the adults, it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is this is what I want to do. You I like I mean? that. Yeah. Um, and again, it just takes me back. Yeah. To being 12, being 13, knowing that, man, that's a, that's a vital stage. Um, and again, that's just me looking back to at that age. I mean, I was truly on the fence. You know, it, it could it could keep going and continue good, good academically in school, making good grades, playing sports or it can go this other route at least for the area I grew up in. So um, again, man, I just try to try to coach them like I'm coaching 13 year old David Tyner because I needed it. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's, that's all that really it, it, to answer your question that how I'm given the opportunity is um, usually just with people who I've coached and it's, Hey, I've got a kid or Hey man, my neighbor has a kid or you know what I mean? Or Hey, we've got this, church group on Wednesdays you mind coming to talk talk to the boys and play some basketball and maybe close close prayer and give some words and it's like yeah it's just doing stuff like that man yeah, yeah. we've danced around an, a number of topics related to, to fitness and coaching and and church and prayer it has come up can you talk me through has faith always been a part of your life or is this something that came up and whenever you were in your teenage years or something like that Man, I think traditionally um, it's it's pretty pretty plain. Like my mother grew up super Catholic, Italian Catholic school, all that. My father grew up um, Southern Brimstone Baptist. You know, you're going to hell for almost everything. But so then, when they got married, right? It's like church was definitely a part of my upbringing. That's why I always want to paint a clear picture to people that. Um, just don't know that the upbringing had a lot of structure. It, you know, again, it was church and church camp during the summer. And um, 
so so God was kind of always there just um, at, in the late 80s, early 90s, at least in the area where I come from, not everyone. That was kind of a deal, like you fried chicken on Sundays and went to church and shook the preacher's hand and got the word. And you know what I mean? It was just kind of a part of my upbringing. Um, high school through early 20s, uh, kind of step back from the church, but not, I don't have like a definitive, oh, this happened in my life and I turned my back on God's story. No, it's just like me being a teenager, um, going to the movies with a chick is more important than going to Bible study. I'm just being honest. That's what I was doing. I, you know what I mean? But as far as center, centering um, my faith, yeah, I've, I've always been been strong. Um, there's been highs and lows. Don't, don't, you know, like anything else, there's been times where, um, I always say like, I probably, I turned my back on God, but like, you know, he, he never turned his back on me type of deal. And so, you know, as we find ourselves and come back around, sometimes we realize like, man, like, I guess I can't do this by myself. Like I, I, I tried for a minute, but yeah, I think it's always been a, a big part. I mean, I probably I'm more open about it now yeah. and probably discuss it as I'm I'm, I'm older. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not scared to, you know, it's touchy out here, man, on what you can talk about and um, what you can say. But people who know me, um, whether they learn about me today or the past, man, I really, I really ain't got no filter, bro. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just being honest, man. I um. Uh, I don't really have a filter, but I have a, a magnifying glass that I keep on myself. So uh, if I go a little too far sometimes, man, I, I, I don't ever mind backpedaling and, and um, correcting things or apologizing if they're offensive. And I feel like I should apologize because sometimes I'm not I'm not going to apologize, man. It's just it is what it is. You know, people get offended. I've been offended by people, but, um, you know, that's life, man. So you have so you've talked about your mom a little bit. Mm -hmm. Two brothers, a brother and a sister. Brother and a sister. Yep. Okay, and then you got married a couple of years ago. Eighteen, two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Yep, yep, yep. Next okay. year will be five years. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember her name. Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. That's yep, right. Yep, that's yep. right. That's right. How long have y'all been together? Man, so probably friends. Ten years. Okay. As far as just knowing her, mm -hmm. um, I knew her first. There was no, no even thought about a relationship. Just solid friends, man. Foundation. You know what I'm saying? Um, true friends. You know what I mean? And then probably started dating in 2014. So dated like four years, you know, before taking that step. Um, I'm a little older. Um, so, again, not not that it's, it's not a big difference. So it didn't really have anything to do with the situation. But, you know, you just reach a point in life, man. She was in a career. Um, I was still changing kind of my, my route every five or six years, still fitness-based. Um, and, you know, we were just there, man. I mean, we had a lot of uh, the same goals moving forward, right? Because a lot of times it's like if you were to look at me and my past and probably look at Caitlin's and her past and upbringing, like it's like, on the other side of the planet you know what i mean but like sometimes it's when you meet people in my opinion it's about well what can we do moving forward do we have a lot of the same goals uh, are we inspired by a lot of the same things some different do we support those goals um 
And that's why I think, you know, it's like, you don't, don't worry about, well, man, I, I met this dude, Sean, but you know, this, this, and this was behind him. It's like, no, let's, let's just focus on what's ahead, you know? So I, I think we just had a lot of the same goals, man. And, you know, again, a good foundation of the friendship and, um, yeah, man, that's good, bro. You know, um, good marriage, man. We work, we try to work out together a couple of times a week. Um, yeah. Um, and we both believe in a lot of the similar things just on, on health and fitness wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what are some of your upcoming goals for the next few years? Man, um, I feel like I'm kind of going through a shift right now. So I mentioned like every five or six years, man, I, I just kind of redirect. And uh, I don't necessarily change my entirety, but I try to trim the fat, um, you know, every five years look at things because you know you have annual goals sometimes you got weekly goals monthly goals annual goals and then i got the long goals what i'm talking about like the five ten year goals so it's like every five i try to reflect sit down look at things that i can do better uh maybe you know spend more time on this and less on this for the next year to kind of change the energy and the and the direction of of where i'm going but man um the ultimate goal ultimate goal is um I'd say probably, you know, there's no time limit because you know how God works, man. A 10-year goal may happen in two. Two-year goal may happen in 10. Ultimate goal is, you know, to eventually have my my own facility where uh, I am providing the services that I've worked to master the last 12 or 13 years, which is mentoring the kids, the after-school programs, the the class-setting workouts, the personal training, just kind of an all-in-all spot. Uh but for me, man, just continue to grow, you know, get better, uh, grow as a person, man, which will help me grow in my marriage, my faith, uh, be a better brother, better uncle, better friend, um, try to check in more, uh, you know, and I, and I, some people will tell you, my wife will tell you I'm, I'm on the phone too much, but um, I try to just check in with people, man. Um, lost a lot of people, you know, just being honest, bro, since I've been young, you know, I'm, 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 since I've been young, um, I think in 2020, I think it was 20, and this is crazy how my mind works, but we just live in a fast-paced world. I can hardly remember, but I think it was 20, 11 people I knew died, and like all 11 close, which goes to like my next-door neighbor had passed away. I had a family, uh, a cousin that passed away, friends that, you know, and it was like when I looked at all of it, it wasn't none of it was COVID-related. It was just 2020, the year, but... I was like, man, you know, like that was a that was a crucial year. Uh, so it kind of sparked something in me, man. I try to just check in more, bro. Like I'll literally grab my phone and just go to contacts and thumb swipe. And I might just see a name like, man, there goes Sean. Man, I hadn't talked to him in six months. Let me just call him for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, so um, that's a goal. You know, just try to do better about that um, instead of posting the picture mm -hmm. of Sean and me from a comp after he died and not talking to him in three years, knowing that fuck, man, I could have, I could have called him ten times. You know what I'm saying? But um, just holding myself accountable on, on being a better neighbor, bro, being a better person for people. You know what I mean? And hearing that, it it makes me think through certain people that I've had on the show or friends or family that will come on and they'll have a, some event that occurs in their life. I had a gentleman named Robert party on a couple of episodes back and his wife had passed away okay. from breast cancer and, mm. and which is a, a huge, huge 
impact on on his life right but for him that moment was that trigger that prompted him to to change his whole life Mm -hmm. in terms of helping people out and working and helping people live a more meaningful and fulfilling life Mm -hmm. and then another gentleman named tony watley he big into drag racing wrecked a car at over 120 miles an hour life Mm -hmm. flashed before his eyes and then he like it everything changed for Mm -hmm. him Whenever I hear stories like those and I hear a story like yours of 2020 being such a brutal, rough year, how do we get more people to take the time to recognize how important those little moments are and those relationships are without them having to experience those traumatic events in their life? Well, I think the easiest answer uh i'm trying to go off of instinct here off how i live so i can't make up like a quote by um you know eric thomas or um what's his name uh i can't even remember but some influencer like i'm just trying to be basic here i would say the best thing we can do is just start with ourselves right which goes to my point of checking in. That What that does is it forces me to slow down for five minutes, 10 minutes. No, I don't need to send the email. No, I don't need to do this. No, I, just slow down, make a five, 10 minute phone call, right? To appreciate that you can still make that phone call and somebody's gonna pick up. Because that's the hardest thing is having that number in your contacts making that call but you forgot they passed away so nobody answers nobody's on that other line and that could be your mother your father your wife who passed from the breast cancer it could be just an old friend so i think starting with myself and then starting with my neighbors whether that be next to my house people in the crossfit class that i coach neighbors meaning people around me um I think if you just live by an example, man, you know, and, 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 and people see you like people when they see me like, come on, like you either know I give a damn like a lot or I don't give a damn like there's no well, you know, hang in there like, no, man, if I'm talking to you, hey, brother, how you doing, man? You're all right. Life good, man. How's how's work? How I, I truly care, bro. Is everything all right? You know, what I mean, and then when you give me, yeah, man, everything's good. Well, then that's good. You know what I mean? But if I don't. If I can't even ask you and slow down and, oh, man, David talks to everybody at the goddamn gym, man. It took him 30 minutes just to get out because he's talked to four people on the way out. But it's like, bro, what am I going to do, walk past you? You get what I'm saying? Knowing that there could be something that you're going through, bro, just right under the layer. Even if it's a quick, hey, Sean, man, how you doing? You know how those quick. But, like, bro, sometimes they, they mean the most. Sometimes they mean the most. And um, because we we all go through tragedy, but we shouldn't need tragedy um, for the realization of, you know, just the importance of time. But I think that's us as as, uh, humans, man. Like we're in a fast paced world, brother. Um, I'm guilty of it. Um, It's embedded. 
you know, in, in technology and our phones and, you know, you, you probably going to the gym and then meal prepping and then football and then this. Like, bro, our time is already mapped out. So if you don't throw in that audible every now and then and, you know, man, Sean talks to everybody at the gym. Well, you know what? I might, I might need to talk to at least one person tomorrow. Let me start that. But I'm starting that because I saw you talk to six people on the way out. So it triggered something in me like, man, I, I could be a little bit more like Sean. It goes back to in the beginning. Remember how you're saying like you try to see the best things in people and then develop your own style. So I may not have the confidence to talk to six people, but I see Sean do it every day. Let me start with one. Let me let me let me see how so and so is doing. And so again, I, I think if you just live it, people will see and take bits and pieces. You get what I'm saying? Lead by example. Um, you just lead by example. And and we all have our days, man. You know, you have your days, I have mine. That's why perfection isn't the game plan. It's just what are you doing the majority of the time? You know, because yeah. if you're an asshole ninety percent of the time, it's like right to say it, but you you you're an asshole. But if it's ten percent People aren't, people yeah. aren't, you know what I'm saying? Identifying mm -hmm. you as that is 10%. They, they don't see that that much. Yeah. What, what are you showing the most of? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think if you do that, um, you'll, you'll probably at least make a difference. Yeah. But it's hard, man, because, you know, um, love and tragedy, that's, that's the seesaw. It has to be both, right? Darkness and light. All this love and happiness won't even exist without sadness and tragedy and death and you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, sometimes you can help people realize things without it, but for the majority, man, it um it, it takes unfortunately like a tragic event, somebody passing or somebody getting cancer or COVID or yeah. different things for someone to to realize like, damn, like my health is important or this you know what I mean? But I think just living it, bro, will, mm -hmm. will, will help people. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. It helped me. Yeah. You know? I can't start to wrap this up without talking to you about music. Yeah. I know this is a big piece of your life. Share with me a little bit about how you got into music, what you do now. I mean, you create your own music. I've seen videos. I've seen all sorts of albums. Mm -hmm. Talk me through that. Man, so it started, uh, you know, just a fast version, like late 90s, where I grew up. Now, we're talking about the outskirts of South Houston, a uh, town called Freeport. But, um, you know, I grew up with an older sister. She was four, almost a little over four years older. So not quite five years, but over four, uh, which means at 12, I'm with 16-year-olds, Right. Um, it just, I was into hip hop, man. You know what I mean? I, just to be honest, bro, it's, it's, I was just liked rap. I liked hip hop. So back then it was just like, you know, beating on your desk with a pencil, saying some funny words with your friends, maybe about the substitute teacher. And you're just trying to put rhymes together and you're being silly, but your kids, uh, but man, just, you know, you take a 20 plus year journey. It's just fun always remains no matter what stage of music but you grow you know I, I started I was in choir in high school as well so like I've always enjoyed uh like music like the composing music writing music harmonies singing rapping all elements bro um played trombone 
Um, so like just music in general, I'm a fan of, but man, just started rapping and, and getting to a point of like, man, I want to enter some contests and maybe do some like battles. And then, um, just kept growing, man, kept challenging myself. And so today it's like a lot of people don't know what I do with music. So, um, if you care, it's like, no, I'm not out here trying to be like the next Drake, right? Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a 39 year old white dude. Um, that just loves hip hop. So that that's what I tell people is like, yes, I, I write music, um, create it. I mean, I'll, I'll create a concept in my mind. I'll write choruses and verses and get instrumentals and put everything together. And I've, I've put out just by myself. Yeah. I have friends and people who support and, but I just meant like from nothing to a full CD, I've put out 17, uh, CDs online and I counted my songs like earlier this year and it was like 230 something you know like all in all yeah. um but yeah man I've had some fun dude I've I've uh, made it to like our big Houston radio stations like 979 I've I've done some uh radio stuff some songs with some um uh Houston you know legends like in hip hop um you know, people know. I mean, it's it's not like, oh, people know I'm like a celebrity. Like, no, I'm not a celebrity. But, like, I've kind of worked my way in Houston, at least, which is the third, fourth largest city, um, to the mainstream radio stations and, you know, just the hip-hop scene in general. I mean, you know, I've, I've uh, kind of entered my name. I'm not saying everybody likes my music or everybody doesn't like it. But, I mean, I've if you're in Houston, I mean – all right. And I show up. I mean, yeah, I'll bring it. I like you know it. What I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was just something for me, man, that uh, they kind of allowed me to express myself. So it goes back to the fitness. You know what I mean? I started writing like poetry in like seventh, eighth grade, which were really songs later. But at the time, right, I'm just working on my rhyming. Okay. So I'm writing poetry technically mm -hmm. in my classes. But I'm framing them as like, man, if I sang that or rap that, that would be a good rhyme. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and all my music, man, is really just about my life experience yeah. or people close to me. So uh, I really don't know how to write about um, – I can write about anything. That's the challenging part. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to make you believe it. Like I don't know how to make you believe that I'm going to go to the club and watch the ass shake and do all that. Like I could rhyme it for you, but like I can't I don't have that same passion behind it mm -hmm. as I would telling you about like how to overcome something or something that I've been through Um because yeah. I can't sell you something that I don't really. Does that make believe sense? In. Yeah. So I've, I've done songs for people that like are about any topic. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I've had people actually hit me up specifically. Hey, man, I've got a. I'm a dog breeder and I'm breeding these lines of bullies or, mm -hmm. Hey, I own a bell bonds company, man. You think you can make me like a, like a soundtrack, like a song, like 60 second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it. So it's, it's, I like that stuff Yeah, from a creator standpoint, mm -hmm. man, like I don't know much about dogs. Let me study the dogs, create a song, put some instrumentals behind it and then deliver you a song for your commercial. So that's got to be fun. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a challenge. It's yeah. like uh, like going to a, a CrossFit competition. You know you can do it, but like, man, I got to do it with these people. <laughs> and this. So there's different elements, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, I just enjoy writing, bro. And it always helped me uh, a lot, um, When again, when I didn't have that coach, man. When yeah. I was 12, 13, um, 
you know, it's it's maybe a for a part two as far as like my upbringing, but you know, it, it was totally opposite of my adulthood. You know, um, I grew up just you know gang infested area, man. Uh, my older sister was shot, you know, in a drive by when I was twelve. Um, like real life, man. It's 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 not, and that's why people. You know, I'm a little different, man. You know what I mean? As far as like uh, what some people sometimes expect, you know, like even with the rapping, if I show up like a lot of times, bro, people think I'm like a videographer, or like the maintenance man or something like dead serious. <laughs> like I've been to rap competitions and been there the whole time before I go up on stage and people are like, oh, like I thought I thought you were like the food vendor, bro. Like you're about to rap. <laughs> so it, it's the same thing. Even on fitness, sometimes people show up, do a class and I've just had it, you know, I'm not making it up like, and they say whatever, but it was, it wasn't what they were expecting. Maybe it's looks persona, but it goes back member to if I'm getting out of the station wagon or the new F-250, man, I'm the same me. So I'm, I'm the same person, you know what I mean? No matter if I'm on the music rap scene, people know, you know what I mean? If I show up like, oh man, yeah, that's D, he, yeah, he does the MMA and but he'll also lead us in prayer, you know, before we get going. Or if I'm at the street fundraiser for the homie who died and got shot, oh, yeah, man, that's D. He positive energy, man. He's coming. Or if I'm in the CrossFit, it's like, bro, it's I'm the same person. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, the music, I think, helped me counsel myself. You know, like when my mom's working the four jobs, my sister getting shot, um, other people shot, you know, and, and had a dude shot and killed like right there by my house when I was, uh, that was after my sister. So like 97, so like six, seven grade. And then that's when we moved, you know, my mother like moved us out of the area. Cause like my sister had been shot in a drive by this dude had got shot and killed at the park that we played at. So it was just getting real bad, man. There was like a time frame of like four or five years where it was just like horrible, bro. Like, uh, where I grew up like not the people man the people yeah. the community was a loving community but just some outside influences and so um I said man I gotta start writing and that's truly where it came from bro is like mom's at work I don't want to call her because then man she may get fired well dad's gone well sister's gone like man let me just pull out this journal like I've actually still got journals from when I was 12 13 bro that um, I don't even know how I still have them. They're little spiral journals, and they'll be like a half a page. But I've still got like a couple of pieces of paper from when I was a kid that had writing on it. So That's like incredible. I can read it and go back to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's incredible. Um, but yeah, it was just always an outlet, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the music is good, man. I have fun with it. Awesome. You know I mean? Yeah. What is one of the biggest things you want to leave the listeners with? Man, I'd probably say the biggest thing is um, continue to listen. You know, continue to listen to uh, The Way of the Wolf um, or any podcast. You know, it's just like gyms. Um, I never force people. It's like if, if you come to the gym I work at, of course I want you to be here. But my goal is like just go anywhere, please. You know what I'm saying? And same thing with the podcast. Continue to listen because – different guests will bring different perspective and every episode is not for everybody you know i listen to podcasts i'm sure you do um every episode is not for me because it may not be the topic i need that day or the fuel that i need um but i would just say you know it's it sounds like everyone else but like you just gotta you know keep pushing don't give up keep listening to the podcast um know that uh, we're all just in seasons man 
You know what I mean? And 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 seasons sometimes it can rain a little bit longer than last year, and we may go through those down, those down um, times. But you know, um, they say you can turn those those messes into miracles, man. And you truly can. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's what I try to tell people, man. Like my my job on earth, I feel like is to um, make people believe in themselves. And then, uh, but don't think it's hard. Cause I mean, don't think it's not hard to b- keep believing in me. It's hard, bro. You know, cause I've got to get up every day and believe in me first before I can make you believe in you. And a lot of times the people who do that, like ain't nobody really checking in on me, bro. I'm just being honest. Now I don't say that in a manner of like, nobody gives a shit about me. I'm not saying that I got a lot of people who care about me, bro. And, and a lot of great friends like you, Scott, different people, don't get it wrong. But what I'm saying is um, sometimes those leaders who lead from the front and who put themselves out there and become vulnerable and transparent and because you got to be ready for the flack, you got to be ready for the pushback, the negativity. The more we put ourselves out there, the more exposure we're going to, you know what I mean? Um, So that would be, would be, if anything, the biggest thing I want to leave people with is like, man, you just have to believe in you first. You know what I mean? And then I, my job is just to help. So if you're having trouble believing in yourself, come listen to The Way of the Wolf. Find a podcast. Find a small group at church. Find a gym or do all of it. Because really that's the way when you really come together is you're a part of a gym who has a supportive community, you are listening to podcasts and radios and things to to reassure that you're going to be all right. You don't always have to listen to music. That's what I tell people. Or if it is music, listen, throw in some good stuff every now and then. Um, we all like the gangster shit and the rock shit to, to get going, but, but counter that with positive messages because self-talk is everything. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it's like just don't stop. Uh, listening, you know, believe in yourself, find someone. If you're, if you're struggling, my, my suggestion is like, find someone who you think might believe in you. You know what I mean? Cause that's always me. Like if I'm struggling, I know I can call so-and-so cause man, he's going to get me going again. Or I, you know what I mean? Like you find those people who, you know, man, even though I really don't want to hear what Sean has to say, cause I know he's going to say something that, but man, I need it right now. So that that would be my biggest thing, man. Moving forward is we're we're no matter how fast the world gets, slow down and, and go through your contacts, man, and 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 talk to people. You know what I mean? Because that, that's important, bro. And and a lot of us walk down, walk around with our head downs, and um, socializing has almost become looked at as uh, weird. Or you know, if if you talk to someone randomly at the store, they may hey, what's this dude? What's this dude talking? It's like, bro, like I'm asking if you're having a good day. You know what I mean? So uh, that would be my my biggest thing. Yeah, just, such a powerful message. Yeah, I mean, how do people contact you, man? Uh, so social media wise, I mean, you know, D Tyner, David Tyner. I mean, I'm on Instagram, UG Legend. I'm on Facebook, um, and I mean, I'm around. So, you know, like, uh, if you can't find me, like, you know, at least in this area, like, somebody will be able to get a hold of me. You know what I mean? But social media, yeah, just Facebook, Instagram, um, 
you know, I'm not a uh, celeb, so I'm answering D DMs, I'm answering comments. Like I don't have some team like doing that. So if it if it's ever a response like on Facebook or Instagram, like it's me, you know what I mean. It, it may take a few hours because I'm not always on it, but um, yeah, just you know, um, I always tell people feel free to contact me. Man, I, I I've had people contact me on there that I've never met, I may not ever meet them, but maybe they just need some encouragement, bro, or you know what I mean, just anything. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I'm not hard to find, man. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. David, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to come over, sit down, have this conversation, yeah, share man. your journey and messaging. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. We'll uh, we'll do a part two uh, All right. soon. Let's do it. Uh, we need to train together sometime soon also. We do. We Scott do. put it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For all of you listening and watching, thank you so much. We will put all of the relevant information in the show notes. I'll have David's contact information, things like that in there. Uh, the show doesn't have any ads, no fees. The only thing I would ask, please share the content with friends and family. Get the messaging out there so that we can help more people. That is all we got for you today. Thank you so much, and y'all have a good one.